My name is Sarah Harrison, and I'm a technical advisor for the IFRC Reference Centre for Psychosocial Support. You are listening to Heartbeat of Humanity, a podcast series for staff and volunteers in the Red Cross and Red Crescent movement, working with mental health and psychosocial support services. In this episode, I will be speaking with Marguerite Blau and Eamon Hansen. Marguerite is an independent consultant on mental health and psychosocial support in emergency settings. She originally trained as a medical doctor, but she realised the importance of MHPSS after herself experiencing severe earthquakes in the then northern Yemen in 1982 and in Costa Rica, and then during the conflict in Panama in 1999. Eamon is a cognitive psychologist and child rights advocate with dual Dutch Sierra Leonean nationality. He is currently War Child Holland's stakeholder manager on mental health and psychosocial support in emergencies, reaching out to youth ambassadors, media, donors, UN members, and the Dutch government. So my first question to you, Marguerite and Eamon, is if you could take us back to the beginning and explain when and how did the MHPSS advocacy train start in the Netherlands? Well, it's great uh, that you asked that question because uh, it sort of brings us back from my side, back down memory lane. And I, uh, I did check my emails to see when was the first time I actually had an email exchange with my feed, <laughs> but also to see when MHPSS came up. And uh, if, if my email is not lying to me, it's, uh, it was in uh, 2015. Um, but it's maybe also good to realize that we both had histories, obviously, before that, that we were both intensely working on mental health and psychosocial support. So I, I guess it was meant to be that Mahrit and I met together. Destiny. And, and Yeah, it is destiny. <laughs> and uh, one person that played an important role was the Member of Parliament, Rula Fallah. He... Um, he had, you know, two things that were, were his major focus. That was child labor, but also mental health and psychosocial support. And he passed the motion in, in parliament. And um, Mahrit had met him before Mahrit and ourself, myself had met uh, specifically for, for that topic. And I'm sure Mahrit can tell us a bit more about that. But and from when my, was it? When did you meet him? So, um, yeah, in 2015. 2015. And Mahrit? Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, that was, uh, I went there with another colleague and, uh, actually we felt like two schoolgirls going to parliament. <laughs> we, we were definitely not professional <laughs> lobbyists, but I think that also helped because we, we were really sincere in what we believed about mental health and psychosocial support. And he really picked it up. And without us knowing, he brought it up in parliament and parliament passed, uh, a resolution that the Dutch should advocate for mental health and psychosocial support during the World Humanitarian Summit. So it was, and and yeah, we were really very, very happy. And also we couldn't believe that our our meeting with him resulted in that. And and since then, well, uh, as Eamon said, he has been so supported all, uh, all over. And how did you find him? Like, how did you know that this particular member of parliament would be interested in this? Well, I think, yeah, especially Eamon did a lot of looking into all parliamentarians who would be uh, possibly in favor. What have they done? Uh, what are their interests? You know, some are, are, you can read from, from their, uh, from their CVs that they have a passion for okay. certain topics. 
So it's really yeah. researched before. And, uh... Yeah, and the interesting thing is, and when we speak to uh, um, lobbyists, let's say, from other countries, is that the Dutch system actually works. And there are records of uh, of all the motions, so you can actually look back. And we did an analysis of um, all the the Dutch MPs of this specific committee that is for foreign affairs and uh, and trade. And um, we could actually uh, document which political party, which motions are related to child rights, which motions were related to mental health. And and rule of law indeed came up, so uh, it made sense, and and it was um, also his involvement. I think with some work of of UNICEF, and I think Mag- Magrit, you you went to that uh, conference uh, that was co-organized by Ministry of Foreign Affairs. I think it was a symposium in the Netherlands as well as uh, as UNICEF, and and rule of law actually gave a presentation there as well in those years, uh, in those days, but also. And before the World Humanitarian Summit, there was a Dutch Humanitarian Summit where the parliamentarian uh, we're talking about again um, also um, um, gave a presentation. In addition to people of the reference group of Interagency Standing Committee on Mental Health and Psychosocial Support, where Magritte, of course, was was, uh, strongly involved, but also, um, let's say, the Dutch abroad, like... um, uh, Mark Phenomenon of the World Health Organization, but also Peter Ventevogel of uh, UNHCR and uh, uh, Sabine Rakotomalala. You know, so so the Dutch were were all well. They are still everywhere, and um, they sort of came together in that conference, and and we we sort of piggybacked on on their experience as as far as as I'm concerned, and as far as also the organisation I work for, Warchild is concerned. We piggybacked on, on their experience, and and Magritte, with her history of the, uh, you know, MHPSS.net, but also of of uh, her work for the reference group was 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 key in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, actually, it's it's the the whole thing started in 2014 when I was working okay. for the for the reference group, yeah. and I very hard tried to get different sectors uh, in the humanitarian response interested in mental health and psychosocial support, and it was very frustrated because uh, frustrating because yeah. it was very hard to get through. So for me, it was really trial and error. So I thought I have to change my approach. And I thought, well, maybe I can find an ally in uh, the Dutch mission in Geneva. So it was actually on the the King's Day celebration that we have in (laughs) Netherlands that I approached uh, one of the key people from the Dutch mission. And I said, listen, uh, Dutch people everywhere in the world are very active on mental health and psychosocial support. But I think... uh, the Netherlands have no clue about it. And he goes, oh, wow. That's an interesting wow. leverage you have. What? That's a very interesting <laughs> leverage point that you had. Well, yeah, I, th- I thought I'm not very good in the elevator pitches, so I thought I really have to catch his attention. And he said, oh, wow. And from there he said, okay, let's talk about it. And uh, he invited all the people in Geneva, the Dutch people working on it. Yeah. And since then, the Dutch mission has been really very supportive of uh, of this topic. But that, of course, didn't mean that right away the Dutch ministry and the parliament were uh, were supportive. And that's when, yeah, uh, yeah 
we, uh, Eamon and I, we, we joined forces, but not only the two of us, but really with all Dutch NGOs and, uh, and, and yeah, university professors. We had a really large group and I think it worked well that we agreed to speak in one voice. Because, okay. um, you know, everybody has different in, interests. You know, one wants to work on children, like, like war child. Yeah. Somebody else wants to work more on migrants. And, and you have the risk that you all start to raise your own little flag and your message got mm. lost. So we really agreed as a group to have joint messages. And that's what we, you know, we went around with our, our, our advocacy paper and to make sure that everybody was on the same page. And I think that worked pretty well. It wasn't easy, though, because uh, I remember when Machit and I were looking around like, okay, everybody was potentially interested in the topic, but they all had their own focus. So uh, to really have a group that would actually spend time and join us on our crusade, so to speak. So Machit and I, we, we uh, still, uh, and I think that was also our, our advantage. We, we acknowledged that we weren't professional lobbyists and we had appointments with, uh, with these members of parliament and uh, we just spoke to them. We were very frank. And what drove us both is our background and an interest in mental health and psychosocial support. And um, yeah, so we could just speak our mind but it, it was initially, I think, uh, disappointing to be able to rally other NGOs uh, in particular. And I think it's, it's understandable that the academics doing their own research were not really used to do anything similar to advocacy. But the NGOs, and I won't mention their names, but <laughs> who are now very, very keen and interested and on top of the ministry to be the leaders in mental health and psychosocial support. When Bachit and I, I called them or spoke to them, they were like, nah, that's not, you know, that's not interesting for us. So we basically were, were alone, the two of us, uh, for a long time. But it sounds like you had an interesting strategy because, Marguerite, if I understand you, you, you had quite a, you used the, the diplomatic mission in Geneva and the international link that that had with the UN agencies and the other roles of the permanent mission. And Eamon, also the work that you were doing with the Dutch parliament and all the research that you must have done to know which parliamentarians might be interested in having the meeting with you as well. But I also think that in the Netherlands, the the talking directly and frankly, but also speaking with passion, I think is appreciated in the Netherlands. I think in other countries, it might be a bit a little bit harder to speak so frankly or directly to a member of parliament, for example. Yeah, members of parliament are, are really very approachable. It's also their job, yeah. at, at least yeah. in the Dutch we constitution. It's, it's their job to, to link with, uh, with the Dutch public. And they were really open and listening uh, to us. And that was, and uh, they also helped us and no, you should do, you know, you should look into it like that. And, uh, and at a certain point, uh, also through one of the parliamentarians, we were allowed to organize a special session on mental health and psychosocial support within parliament. And, and what does that, what did that entail? Is it like a workshop or is it a formal briefing? No, it mean? was, yeah, we, it was like a formal briefing. We had uh, okay. four different, four different speakers. And, and also with that, we try to make sure that, uh, somebody speaking on children, somebody more speaking internationally. So it's, it's, it's really trying to lobby on the topic, mental health and psychosocial support and not raising individual flags. And I think that that worked really well. 
It sounds like you had to give everybody a space according to, like you said, the individual agency interest or mandate as well. So if you are working with migrants, maybe you speak on the migrant issue. If children are important, maybe you pick up the children thread in a joint presentation. Yeah, but that's why it's important to, um, you know, all those topics are very important, but you shouldn't in advocacy do like one is more important than the other because you just lose your audience. And and I think what, what really worked for us is that we were really uh yeah kind of sincere uh advocating mm. for what we thought was important and yeah. uh yeah so that that session that was also very nice okay and you also ended up working within the ministry later on yes Margaret. i think in 2018 was it you joined them yes or? yeah, yeah. I, <clears throat> apologies um yeah, I think, well, we can say a lot about all our work and uh, what we've done. But of course, we also had a right minister for that. And and yeah. uh, and really, Minister Kaag, she understood the topic and she really under, uh, and still understands, of course, and mm. she understands why it's important. Um, so when and she, when did she join? When did she take up her position? Uh, 2018. Uh, no, 2017. Uh, yeah, 2017. And it's like perfect uh, timing then. Yeah, <laughs> to build on all the work that you've done. And then <laughs> she uh, she announced that that would be uh, a very important topic for uh, for her work. Okay. And then they needed uh, somebody also to start it up within the ministry. And, uh, yeah, because I had been raising my voice <laughs> on it and <laughs> yeah. was not, and I was doing freelance work. They approached me if I could help start it up. And initially it was for three months, but in the end I, I worked much longer because, uh, yeah, we got the opportunity to also organize uh, a big inf- international conference on, uh, yes. on mental health and psychosocial support. So I could stay, yeah, until then. And it was, really a wonderful opportunity and uh, is it top down the way that the ministry works in in regards to if the minister has this as a very important topic then it automatically becomes a priority because there's obviously other priorities in the netherlands it's also very strong on sexual reproductive health rights on lgbtqi issues as well water climate change are also very big topics as well as child labor so how did you get the space for mhpss or is it because the minister's so strong and said this is a priority yeah those topics are still very important so it's not yeah. that uh because mental health and psychosocial support became a uh, an, a priority that the dutch are not looking into climate change anymore it is yeah. still important and, and as important as it was, the same as sexual and reproductive health and rights. So mm. those topics are still there. It's just, it was an, an add-on. And also, uh, yeah, they realized that it had to be integrated also into uh, into other departments. Okay. And uh, in the beginning, that was a bit difficult because change is always difficult and ta- uh, takes time and everybody's busy and yes there are very important things going on internationally and and within the Netherlands so we started really in all departments also the departments that I wasn't working explaining what is it we're doing and um and people picked it up rather quickly actually because i think the problem okay. with mental health and psychosocial support is is that it's vague for many people yeah. it's what is it it it's mhpss is an abbreviation that uh, mm. is difficult it's it's people don't know what it's about so 
it takes time to explain. And I think that's one of the, yeah, it takes, it's, uh, that's one of the, the difficulties, I think, with the topics that uh, yeah. for people, it's hard to understand. But yeah, within all the departments, I think the, especially departments working on uh, peace building and transitional justice, they really picked it up and are working okay. on it uh, now with, uh, yeah. yeah, within the UN system, with the, uh, Security and Eamon, from the war child perspective, then did you notice a difference as a, as a civil society actor and as a strong actor in the Netherlands when Minister Kaag came in? Like, so from 2017 18, there was obviously the international conference that Marguerite mentioned that was a huge advocacy push and it was a great event. Where I know war child also had your own advocacy in the build up to that event with the young children. Yeah, what was really interesting is to see, uh, Magritte and I, we, uh, we wrote what we call the fact sheet on mental health and psychosocial support and the Dutch were gathering information. They did an open consultation through the website. And, uh, what I, in my career working on, uh, as an advocacy specialist, uh, mm. sort of have never seen the evidence, but literally sentences from this fact sheet were taken over by the, by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and, and Minister Kaag in her uh, policy brief on, uh, of course, the entire sector, including yeah. the SDG, SDGs, but they actually had a paragraph on mental health and psychosocial support. And what is really nice for, for, for advocacy people is to actually see your text taken over. Yeah. And it sort of is an evidence that um, what you have been doing really worked. So for, for, for us, it gave us uh, traction uh, as an organization, but also um, a recognition within the ministry that uh, and the organizations that uh, that we have been working for really were serious and taken serious on this issue. And we could actually build on that. And, and really the basis and the foundations that were set even prior to 2015, 2014, actually, we, we, we still use that. And, and I think the... Um, um, the discussion, the special event that we had in Parliament, actually having yeah. the right uh, people present there. And I remember one lady from uh, from our Palestine office, she was talking about how vulnerable teenagers, um, you know, in, in, were at the moment of their lives, that they were very approachable, sort of sensation seekers and uh, would listen to their peers much stronger than they would listen to their parents. And this was something that resonated with one of the parliamentarians. uh, Her name was Isabel Dix, who had teenage children. And she was sort of nodding her head. And she (laughs) really thought, because it is indeed, as we said, it's kind of vague. Okay, mental health, psychosocial support, people know it's important, but... That really sort of struck a chord and, and we could actually build on that. And I think those were one of the key things as well, that actually making something tangible, something resonating emotionally with, uh, with the parliamentarians and with the ministry, because Kaag then, and mm. you could actually look at the, the presentations and speeches that she gave later, she could draw on her own personal experience yeah. Uh, and and really then use that as a message to convince others. And I think that is key in, in how civil society took it forward and how our organizations brought it further. I think it also demystifies it a little bit like you were saying in the beginning, Marguerite. It's an acronym. It's a difficult construct. But if you can personalize it or put it down to human beings, which is essentially what it's about, we've made something that's very intrinsic to every human, quite complicated with terminology. And I think you're right, Eamon, if you can speak passionately and with kind of conviction and 
person to person. I think it is easier messaging wise. Yeah. I think it's it's very important to have really simple examples. And yeah. and about that, I really learned a lot working for the ministry because the communication people often said to me, this is too complicated, Brigitte, what you're trying to say. Come with simple, simple examples. And, and, and that, yeah. that speak to people that they say, oh, yeah, but I know that. I felt that. And, and, yes. uh, and that, yeah, what you said, it's important to de- demystify uh, mental health and psychosocial support. And, uh, and those simple messages that's really, uh, that speaks to people and they recognize yeah. it. And how do you think we can keep this momentum going, both in the Netherlands, um, where it's got stronger roots, I think, than in other countries, but also internationally to keep it on the humanitarian policy agenda? Yeah, I think uh, it is very important that it's not becoming uh, a Dutch-only thing. I think it's very important yeah. to have other countries uh, involved. And, and there are other countries that really are picking it up. So I think it's important that... Uh, yeah, the NGOs in those countries really keep on uh, advocating as well. Um, yeah, and, and as the, they say in, in diplomacy, that's a very French thing, it's frappé, frappé toujours. <laughs> keep on, <laughs> keep on talking about it. Don't let yeah. it go. Don't think we're there because, you know, it's wonderful that there is attention, but yeah, attention goes from one topic to the other. So we really need to, uh, to keep it going and, and uh, yeah. to keep asking attention. Yeah, and a key opportunity, uh, Margriet, and, and the, in her time with the Ministry of uh, Foreign Affairs last year was the, the conference, the Amsterdam yeah. conference in 2019. And this year there was supposed to be a conference, I think in Paris, at least uh, organized by the French. Mm. And that would have been a key moment to, to gain momentum. Now, what I've understood is that it's been postponed to next year. So yes. we, we, we hope that that will take place. But I really would like to encourage, you know, and if the people also listening who are French NGOs who are connected to the French government, uh, to also that we can share our experiences, Mahrit and myself, share our experiences with them and just sort of hear from them how it works, how the French system works. But can we actually get a slot again at that conference? Because it's going to be a broad, you know, mental health and psychosocial support, yeah. you know, it's a very broad issue. But how can we get recommendations that actually, you know, work for, you know, the humanitarian setting or for emergencies? And how can, would, would there be a slot? Is there going to be a session on, on that next? Next year, nobody knows yet what the agenda is. At least, as far as I know, there's not really a set agenda. But can we actually get some information and, and work together with, with, in particular, the the, the francophone yes. uh, civil society and and get a slot and start? Because if, even if it's going to be October next year, time is really short. And Mahrid knows all about, you know, with our, our trying to get a resolution beforehand and working on that. And we thought there was enough time and then people just don't care about your deadlines. And at the end of the day, yeah, it, you, you know, we, we had to struggle. I mean, Mahrid, wasn't that the case? A lot of work. Yes, it is. It is a lot of work. Yeah, it's not easy. I, I totally agree that it's it's good to have, uh, you know, to mobilize in France and, and also to, to mobilize the Francophone community because yeah. and the same uh, Latin America the Spanish community because it, it is at the moment very much now we're also speaking in English which yeah. I'm glad we're not speaking in French actually <laughs> 
but uh, <laughs> but it is a very anglophone uh, issue if we don't uh, if we're not careful and i think it's good to to involve through the paris uh, yes. conference to involve more francophone countries and and the same for latin america there's a lot going on in latin america yes. and and still it doesn't get internationally as much attention because of uh, of the language yeah well the good news is that in france there is now a, a french civil society group that was actually took a less a little bit of lessons learned from what what you managed to do in the Netherlands, and there's also similar groupings now in um, in Sweden and Denmark and Germany, and the United Kingdom um, as well. And I think there are other countries that have also been quite strong internationally, like Australia and the United States, that have a lot going on there. But I think this is the first time that we've really potentially got an inroad into, like you said, the francophone countries. And also the role of the French Ministry, AFD, and also the French Ministry of Health, I think, as well for, for next year's conference. And I also very much agree, Marguerite, I think there's a lot happening in Latin America and in South and Central America that sitting in Europe, we perhaps don't hear so much about. Or also, and in addition to that, there's a language um, difference with, the, with Spanish Portuguese versus more English. Yeah. We, can, we can learn a lot from uh, yeah from all those different uh, regions and and countries. Yeah. And my last question then to you both is what would be your key secrets or tips that you could recommend to your fellow colleagues out there in the world that might be also looking for a way to to begin advocacy or to to do similar initiatives with their governments. Yeah. I I think it's important uh don't give up. <laughs> That's the the first thing. Yeah. It's it really takes time. As, as you said, I started in, in, uh, yeah, it, it really took five years from when I first started to, to the conference. And I think for, for Eamon, it's the same. It, it really takes time, but it is a good cause. And I think if you, you continue advocating, people understand it if you come with the right messages. And I think that's, yeah. that's the main thing. Just. Okay. Yeah, and definitely that builds on, on the, the, the interest that is sparked internally. I mean, uh, we, we would have done this anyway, even if almost, so to speak, if we, if we weren't paid for it, yeah. this would have been our passion anyway. Uh, we both have, you know, th this rooted background in mental health, psychosocial support. And that sort of when times become hard, like nobody listens to you or you don't, you don't get an answer, you will still continue. And that is because the interest is there and you're not doing it because you were asked to or, or yeah. because you just, you know, think it's the, it's the, it's the theme of the day. So that, yeah, I, I totally agree with what Macrit says. But I think it also makes you more genuine as advocates if you passionately believe in it as well. And like you said, if you're having a bit of a rough time, you're not getting any response, yeah. then I think it also can carry you through if you can still believe and enjoy what you do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but we definitely, yeah, it's, it's, uh, we believe in it. And that, that makes also that you carry your messages more strongly. Yeah. Yeah, great. Thank you very much to both of you. You're welcome. For speaking. And it was nice talking to you. Thank yes. you. Yes. Thank you. You have been listening to The Heartbeat of Humanity, a podcast series for Red Cross, Red Crescent Movement, staff and volunteers about mental health and psychosocial support. You can find more resources about mental health and psychosocial support on the IFRC Psychosocial Centre website. Resources include manuals, webinars, 
policy documents, program materials, educational videos, and information about upcoming trainings. My name is Sarah Harrison, and I hope you enjoyed listening to this Heartbeat of Humanity podcast. Remember that mental health matters.